if you had told my 15 year old self you're going to be posting pictures of you in your underwear at a size 18 i'd be like what <laughs> but i think i found body posy panda megan jane crab first I thought, oh my god, she's beautiful, but why don't I see myself as beautiful? And it kind of had this like switch in my mind of like, I can be beautiful as well, and the size I am. So I started slowly, wiped my way up, and before I know it, I'm like, woo, naked live, hello! <laughs> I mean, I can't believe that I was 15 and hating myself so much to now being like a confident queen. What a change. Hello and welcome to Underestimated, the podcast where we unpick and unpack a moment in our lives where we have felt underestimated and ask if ultimately being underestimated has helped or hindered our success. I'm your host, ex-model, current presenter and lifelong feminist, Jess Davis, and I've been underestimated my whole life, but maybe I like it that way. In this episode, I sat down with Olivia Callaghan, aka Self Love Live, where we chatted about her mental health journey, the lack of support in the workplace, and how she learned to love her body. Liv, welcome to the Underestimated Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited. I'm so excited to have you on. First off, Liv, I have to congratulate you on being nominated as Influencer of the Year in the 2021 Blogosphere Awards. Well done. Thank you so much. I'm I'm in shock. I'm so in, I'm in shock. That is so amazing. I mean, you have had quite the journey over the last few years from someone who really struggled with their body image and their mm-hmm. self-confidence to now being nominated for Influencer of the Year for all the work you do around self-love and body confidence and acceptance. That's really been a ride for you. So how's that been? It's been a whirlwind journey. You know, I started my account, I'd say it'd be five years in November and I had no idea they would get to this point at all. I I was happy in my own little bubble talking about my mental health. I didn't think that five years later, I've been nominated for Influence of the Year. No way, no way. Oh, it's so amazing. It is literally just such a beautiful account that you have. I'm so glad that I found you you last year. I think it was during lockdown and your posts are just like a beacon of joy when we're all having one of them days. And I think it just serves as like, breaks up you know sometimes when we're like mind-numbingly scrolling and it's the same content Mm. and the edited and the perfect stuff we see and we can really get into a rut and I feel like your content just breaks through the screen and says hey not everyone's perfect and you know not everyone's having an amazing day and sometimes I do feel down and it just serves a wonderful purpose so what was the motivation behind being so vulnerable and opening up online so I I dealt with mental health problems from the age of 14 and I had four years of just being silent and not telling a single soul what was going on. Not my mom, not my dad, not my boyfriend. No one knew what was going on. And I hit 18. I hit a point in my life where, like, it was hard to hide in a way. So, and moms know everything. (laughs) They're very clever. They They know everything. Oh, my God. So my mom sat me down one day and said, I think you need some help. And I was like, no, I'm fine. I'm fine. She was like you're not fine, we're going to the doctor. So I was like, okay, that's fine. So I went to the doctors, blah, blah, blah. 
But the reason I want to be sort of so open lines because I know the struggle of being silent and being so afraid to say, I need help. It's not good for you. It's really not good for you at all. You're bottling up so much emotion. It will eventually just explode. So I always thought that if I was more open and honest about my feelings, I'd feel a lot better. And I, I, I generally do. Mm, it is that thing of when we keep pushing it down and pushing it down them feelings and not kind of accepting or leaning into them bad days is when things start to build up and then we don't ask for help and we think we can go through it alone but I think the first step is just speaking to someone whether that is our mum or whether that is a professional and saying hey actually like I'm not okay because I think we go through our days so often people go hey how are you are you okay today and people don't really mean it do you know what I mean when people ask hey how you doing it's not like how are you doing? It's just like, it's almost like saying hello, right? It's just like, hey, yeah, you're okay. Yeah, yeah. So actually just thinking, right, maybe I'm not okay. And checking in with ourselves is a really important thing as well, I think. So important, definitely, yeah. So that kind of moves me straight on to your underestimated moments. So this podcast is all about being underestimated. And I'm sure you have had experiences over the years. And you have chosen the feeling and the experience of when you left your job due to mental health discrimination. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you elaborate a bit on that? Like, tell me a bit about what happened. Of course. Yeah. So I was in, I'm not going to mention the company. I'm just going to say I was in a, I was in a, an apprentice at a company now bear in mind apprentices get no money mm. like barely any I mean, that's money. not right by the way <laughs> it's not right at all no it's just it's a joke and I was doing basically a manager's role on about 400 quid a month wow uh, it was hard there was a time where I, where I was restruggling really I thought I'm just gonna let them know what was going on with me so they don't like think I'm being really bizarre for no reason so I messaged, I emailed them all like all the managers all the employees are saying hi I'm dealing with undiagnosed mental illness if I seem a bit off I'm really sorry blah 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 thinking that would be absolutely fine the next day I'm at my desk in my job and the, the managers all come downstairs I'll never, I'll never forget this in a million years they came downstairs they circled my desk all these employees all the other employee, employees stood up for some reason and they just laid into me. They just literally laid. They were like, "You're lazy. You're you're not representing the company well." And basically, I was pushed to leave, or else I'd be fired. So I left. Wow. I just thought, like, I've told you how I'm feeling, and this is the response. It was it was it was utterly awful. Yeah, that just sounds awful. I can't imagine what that was like to sit there and have them say that to you. And it is so frustrating because, you know, when we're not feeling great, when we're vomiting or we've got a broken leg, we call in sick to work and it's accepted. Exactly. But when it comes to mental health and mental illness, it is still to this day seen as something that, oh, you're just, you know, you can deal with it, get out of bed. It isn't taken seriously and you're forced to go to work in that environment, which just worsens our mental health being in that environment, especially when you're not supported and to open up like you did and put you know put yourself out there and be vulnerable and say what you're going through and then have them kind of shoot it down it doesn't fend well to then you know in society when people being encouraged to speak out about their mental health there really does need to be more support in the workplace I think completely agree completely agree yes I left that job I was 19 I felt very like oh my god what do I do now no one to understand me, blah, blah, blah. So I went, I went for a job at Anne Summers. The flip of 
from going from one company who didn't really give a damn to Anne Summers, who would have weekly meetings with me, like saying, like, how are you doing? Do you need more support? It was incredible. It was so life-changing. Oh, that's amazing because there is this kind of stigma. And do you feel like there is still a stigma in the workplace when it comes to mental illness? Have you, well, you have experienced it. Have you experienced it since? Or do you know of people, have they come to you on Instagram and say that they've gone through similar things? Oh, so many have. I'm very lucky to, you know, be my own boss now, which is quite nice being self-employed. So I can almost take a day off and not feel like, have to say to anyone oh I'm, I'm bringing in sick I'll just you know tell myself but I know a lot of people on, on my Instagram message me and say I've lost my job due to mental health and I'm just like how is it still going on it's 2021 how have we not changed I know I don't understand it is just awful isn't it I think the conversation around mental health has really grown and it's expanded but yet the kind of rules around it and the way we act and the way we behave around people still hasn't really moved forward and there seems to be this kind of clash doesn't there you've spoken on your Instagram about how when you left that job you went to quite a dark place how did you work through that and manage to get a lid and or just get a bit of control on your mental health so I left that job and the night I left that job I was in a really very dark dark place and that's when my mum and dad kind of stepped in for me I was 19, I was jobless, I felt so defeated. There's nothing I could do at that moment that I that would help me. I needed help for other people. So mum and dad came in and was like, right, we're gonna take you to the hospital. Like I have um I have a mental health hospital near me that I go see every uh, go to every week. So we went there, they were great, put me on new medication. I had therapy once a week, I had someone come out to my house every day just to check on how I was doing. It was so nice to feel like, because I go from that horrible job where I was so almost abused in a way mm. to finding that people did care and people did understand me and weren't going to just abandon me when I needed them the most. I think it's really important to have them spaces we can go to and just have someone listen to us and listen to how we're feeling because for so long people are kind of blocking out their ears and saying that they're not going to listen or we just keep moving forward in this rat race and actually just having a bit of empathy. I think that's what it is all about, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And since then, you've talked on your Instagram that you've been sober for over two years. I think in the UK, we've kind of got a bit of a drinking problem, I would say. There's a lot of culture around it. So how have people related? and how how has your experience been around that have people treated you differently since you've said you go sober what's it like on a night out so when I first became sober a lot of my old friends didn't understand why I was being sober they were like oh you know you need to drink have a drink just have one I'm like I, I don't want one so I'm lucky to have a group of friends now who completely understand and even if I did want to drink they wouldn't let me drink they'd be like absolutely not you're having an orange juice that's it <laughs> A night out for me is no different to how I was when I was drunk. It's just a bit, it's just the next morning, I don't feel like I'm about to die, which is great. You know, I'm on the dance floor. <laughs> I'm enjoying my life. I'm dancing away. It's no different to me, now, you know, when I was drinking. It just means that I don't have a hangover anymore, which is fantastic. Yeah, I know. I get the worst hangovers. And it is that thing, isn't it? I think we definitely go through society where if we are celebrating something, we have a drink. If we're feeling down, we have a drink. If we're meeting friends, we have a drink. If we get in from work, we have a drink. And I think it is something that we've just normalised so much in society. And actually, it 
can be quite damaging to a lot of people. And I've experienced before my friend who had gone sober and, you know, he says it's a bit of a chore when he goes on the night out because people are like, come on, what are you doing that for? You're boring. Yeah. Oh, I get that so often. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I'm not boring. I just don't want to drink. Leave me alone. Definitely. Oh, I think it is really important to have our own boundaries, isn't it? Because the reasons behind doing that could be for a mental health or it could be for a physical health issue. And I feel like a lot of people don't take the time to think about what the reasons behind them decisions could actually be. 100% agree. Also, it's no one's business why you don't drink. <laughs> you know, you, you don't have to explain yourself to anyone. If you don't want to drink, don't have a drink. It's that simple. Yeah. And I mean, when someone orders a caramel macchiato at Starbucks, someone doesn't go, oh, what are you having that for? Have the oat milk. Exactly. But as soon as it's yeah. an alcoholic one, it's like, oh, God, no, don't have that. <laughs> Yeah, it's so it's so bizarre, isn't it? It's so bizarre. It really is. Liv, you use your platform in such a beautiful and honest way. And for anyone who's out there listening who might have had some really dark days and dark thoughts or perhaps their loved ones, is there any tips that you can give to people to help them get through just the next day? Because you have really kind of turned it I say turned it around obviously you still are on meds and you're dealing with mental health issues but you're really open and honest about it and how would you advise other people who might not be in that place at the moment to kind of go through their own process the biggest help for me was talking to someone whether it's a family member a friend a colleague anyone a professional I found also the Samaritans are incredible and their number is 116123 for anyone listening. But when I was at my lowest, I rang the Samaritans because I just needed someone to talk to, someone just to, to vent to almost. Mm. And they were so, so kind. And like the way they spoke to me was so kind, so considerate and so just gentle. And I find that when we're in this mindset of like, I can't do another day, just talk to someone. And what I find, I know it sounds so basic, but when I'm really low, I sleep. I find sleep, you know, rest and nourish your body and look after yourself because when we're in that deep mindset of like, you know, I am the worst person in the world, we don't look after ourselves. Mm. So sleep for me is is so simple, so important because I often find the next day I'm in a much clearer frame of mind and I can think to myself, okay, I'm not feeling great, but I want to drink something today, I want to eat something today, I want to talk to someone. So yeah I hope that helps someone yeah absolutely thank you so much for that and I think it is just sometimes going back to basics and the simple things like you say like sleeping or perhaps even if you've just got out of bed and brushed your hair that day and that's all you could do brush you still teeth. brush your yeah. teeth yeah it's just like offering up a small bit of kindness to yourself to get you through the day definitely yeah definitely uh, as well as mental health Liv you also use your platform to spread the message of body confidence so has it always been easy for you to kind of wake up and look at yourself in the mirror and love what you see oh my god no so from the age of 14 to 18 I dealt with an eating disorder I think many of us have dealt with some form of eating problems in the past or currently mm. I was a size six right I, I literally thought I was the world's most hideous person I'm now an 18 and I couldn't be more confident if I tried. I just feel so sexy, so happy. And people often try and tear you down and try and say, well, you're this, you're that, but over the head, whoosh. <laughs> you know, I'm very, I'm very comfortable in my own skin. I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I don't want my 
my values, my morals are. And that's all that matters really. So yeah, obviously like it's never, it's not been an easy journey. There are some days where I do think, oh my God, like I can't do it today. I can't look at myself in the mirror and that's fine. Take a day off, it's fine. Because tomorrow is a brand new day. Who knows what could happen? Absolutely. And I think, you know, you're only human as well. We all have them days. So I think this feeling that we have to be positive and love ourselves every minute of every hour of every day just isn't realistic. No. As someone who uses their platform, you know, your Instagram is self-love live. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. Do you feel the pressure to be positive online every day? Do you feel like people are looking at you and thinking, right, you know, live is all about self-love, body confidence. Do you feel somewhat pressured to live up to that? I used to. Now I'm becoming more raw and real. People actually respect me more for that. And they say, like, it's nice to know that even you have bad days. I don't want people to think that like my life is like amazing and I'm so happy all the time. It's just not, it's not like I said, it's not realistic. It's just not how it is. You know, you need to be real and honest and open about how you're feeling because it helps so many people. Yeah, it does. And for so long, social media has been used as a highlight reel, you know, and it's so wonderful to see influencers like yourself breaking through that and putting up your bad days and saying when you're not actually feeling that great or you're not vibing your outfit or how you look that day, because that is the reality of everyone's everyday life. Um, For so long, we've just been like taking a hundred pictures, editing that one, making it look perfect. And it's like, that is not what I look like and that is not how I'm feeling. Maybe that day I woke up and I wasn't feeling myself, but then you put a smiley photo online and it is this kind of fake reality that we've created. Absolutely. Do you think it's really important that influencers are a bit more honest online and do talk about the bad days as well as the good? Completely. Obviously, it's up to every person whether they feel comfortable to do that or not. But I think we have an almost obligation to be open about when we're using filters or when we're using photoshop because we're creating this almost fake reality that we are we look a certain way and we don't it's quite unhealthy at a point because there are young girls and boys or non-binary who are looking up to us and thinking wow they're so perfect when they're not even their bodies their bodies don't look like that anymore the photos of their face it's just so 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 unhealthy Yeah, it really is. And you have huge influencers like Kim Kardashian promoting Mm. the use of control pants. And I know that you had a image that went viral a few years ago. Oh, God. Holding up the control pants and saying like, this is what I used to wear. And when I say control pants, it's like a bit like Spanx, right? So it kind of like holds you in, kind of smooths out the rolls and all of that. Kim Kardashian herself has her own brand, Skims. Do you think that that is kind of perpetrating a negative body image in young women? Because, of course, we all have the lumps and bumps, you know? Yeah. So what was it about that post that made you think, I'm just going to post this? You know what? It was such a random post. I wasn't even, it wasn't even when I was thinking of, like, the whole day. I, was, I saw a pair of, like, um, control pads in my drawer. I was like, I'm going to try them out. See if it. I tried them on and I thought I was just going to do like a side by side and somehow it went viral. I've no, I remember remember my friend Leah, shout out to Leah, love you, um, messaged (laughs) me saying, do you know you're on Teen Vogue? I was like, sorry, what? Oh my God, that's amazing. It was wild. It went like, you know, Daily Mail, Cosmopolitan. It was just went everywhere. I thought it literally took me like two minutes to do it. It It's just me in my my control pants. Like, who'd have thought? 
it is always them posts that like we don't put much effort in that seem to go viral right and you're like oh I really wasn't expecting that to happen exactly it's so bizarre but when it comes to you know using Spanx or there's like waist trainers as well a lot of influencers promote do you think that they do give off a kind of like again a false reality and you know they're not comfy these kind of like no. control pants and these corsets they are painful to wear they are especially the, the waist trainers are like oh i feel like i'm being sucked in uh, i do think they, they do give a, a sense of false reality like i said before because it's not realistic i i, I understand why people are using that they might not feel comfortable to show off the lumps and bumps just yet which is absolutely fine no hate at all i'm gonna say if you're an influencer be honest, say, I'm wearing Spanx. Cool, that's absolutely fine. I'd rather have that and someone, and then me look at someone and think, oh God, I wish I looked like they're, they're perfect. If they said to, in their caption, I'm wearing Spanx, that's absolutely fine. It's, it's honest, it's real, it's, it's what's going on at the moment. It's, it's you know, it's, it's necessary. If you enjoyed this episode of Underestimated, head on over to patreon.com slash jessdavis where there's an extended version plus loads of other content. Please rate, review and hit the subscribe button on your podcasting platform of choice to help other people find us. Until then, don't let others underestimate you.